retire, I've got some time on my hands, and I'm very interested in what's going on in our schools. I have been for the last three decades. I've been interested in following the school board, and I'm very disturbed about some of the trends that I'm seeing. Uh, primarily, what I'm seeing is on a national level, starting with uh, Mr. Donald Trump's uh, education policy that he announced in Cleveland, he went to a charter school to announce his, uh, his education policy, and it's basically about privatization. He said, let's have charter schools and let's have vouchers, and everything is wonderful. All we need to do is the interject competition into it. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the line that's being drawn, it's going to be drawn, it's going all the way down to the bottom right now, and you're, you're basically you're on one side of the other. I am for a moratorium in charter schools, the support Closely watch transparency and accountability for the ones that we have, um, but it's something we're going to have to address, and I'm prepared to do that for us. Thank you, Tom. And now, Ms. Sheehan-Wigginton. Thank you, thank you. So I was raised uh, to, that whenever I speak about the council, to ask my elders for permission to speak. I'm 41 years old, so anybody over me is it okay for me to Yes, thank you. All right, so I said, I'm Harry I am a West Oakland resident. I've been West Oakland for over seven years. I have been working at my mom's high school. This is my sixth year working at that. Um, I love, love, love students. I'm a youth development specialist. Um, some of the things that are important for you to know about me is that I'm clear that this seat belongs to the people, right? And so I'm running for the people seat. I am running because people have collectively asked me. To run. So that is first and foremost. Second, one of my one of the greatest experiences of being with clients is that I get to be collaborative. So I spend a lot of time working with um, the city and the county, the city county neighborhood initiative, um, putting on events such as Friday Night Live um, over at the West Oakland Youth Center. I'm a, a member of the advisory board of the West Oakland Youth Center. Um, I, I took 10 students in South Africa, 10 ladies in South Africa last year from Ohio High School. And two years ago, I took 10 girls. I also am a member of the design team now Alpine High School and the, the um, intensive school support process. So I know things that are affecting the schools from a real standpoint, not just a theoretical standpoint. Um, and the biggest thing about me is that I listen to people, I listen to students, and I want to bring everybody at the table and make sure that those individuals who are most impacted have a voice. Thanks. Thank you very much. And, you know, I, I, I can use my big option reports. You guys hold up to the mic so you can be heard clearly. So, now we're going to have some questions from you to be asked, which I will ask to the candidates. I want to remind you that you can fill out a card. You can fill out more than one card if you wish. And our question sorters will be happy to do that, uh, to help put them together and bring them up to me. And our question sorters tonight are Mary Weinstein and Cheryl Walton. So thank you for joining us. First question for the candidates, and uh, Ms. Hinton Hodge will start with you, and then each question will start with you. Here's a question. In Oakland, some schools are generally viewed as good or very good, and others as failing. We all want a good school for every child. What is the best way to improve underperforming schools and assure every family that their child's school will meet his or her needs? Ms. Hinton Hodge. And you'll have each candidate with one minute to answer each question. Please go ahead. So what improves schools is 
following teachers. I believe that um, we, there's some ways to think about this when you're teaching structurally in the frameworks that look at more time and task for students, longer school days, um, relevant curriculum. So curriculum that is actually culturally responsive to our children, um, our district is the dominant students of um, and yet we um, actually, I kind of have some radical thoughts about this, that we actually have a school system that has kind of been doing the same thing for the last 100 years and has not really stepped up to what the needs are of our students. I do believe that um, issues around community and the ways in which we can make our school be more of community schools are driven by um, improving what the environment looks like for them, um, making sure that every neighborhood, as you kind of asked that question, is entitled to um, an equitable education. So resources being um, available as well. Thank you. Last year, at the end of the year, we got over 90, over 60% of our income. 
right? Young people learn how to work from kindergarten to third grade. Kindergarten is not mandatory in the state of California. From fourth grade on, they are reading to learn. Secondary teachers do not, they have not been taught the foundational skills to teach young people how to read. So if our students don't have, if our teachers don't know how to teach it, and our students don't have those skills, how do we have successful high schools, right? The other piece is, oftentimes the district comes up with great policies, but implementation is low. So I work as well as deemed failing, they came up with this great policy to transform schools. And that actually grew our school, where the principal had received several awards because we had been improved. It grew us in instability, not stability. Thank you. 
The flip side of that is I've also seen a, a principal become sick because in this design process she was saying we don't have a, we don't have what we need we're not getting what we need um, stop taking me out of the school because now my students are having fights and all these issues are are because I'm not on campus and there's instability and her repeatedly the um, her her cries they fell they fell on deaf deaf ears so. I think the biggest thing is leadership has to listen to the people that are on the ground. If you're not on campus, if you're not meeting with the teachers and the administrators, then you're
families, community members, educators, administrators, and really solving the problems that we have. Um, to me, especially when you're talking about corporate charters, I think this is a really critical issue because it's a slippery slope. Once we really privatize public education, it is but a second before the rest of our public um, um, sources are, are, are privatized. Um, healthcare, the police department, the um, fire department. Who? The question is, who owns us and who gets access to education? Then? Thank you, Mr. Tukaj. I would definitely not support a moratorium on charter schools. I would um, implore people to do a study of our charter schools in Oakland. We are not Ohio. We are not Florida. There is um, a national problem with a lack of continuity and consistency with charter schools. Um, California has some of the best charter school laws that are here. We have a charter law, Prop 39, also that governs California child is entitled to a public building. Um, and so what I've been trying to understand underneath moratorium, especially with NAACP and Black Lives Matter kind of loving matter groups, um, is that like 84% black folks actually go to these schools. In, in, Cal in Oakland, 74% Latinos go to the schools. So I'm having a problem with the fact that we're not listening to African-American families. We're not listening to Latino families that are saying these are things that we want. So underneath the moratorium, if we want to do better evaluation, let's do that. I don't think we need to close them all. Thank you. Mr. Herman. So the 5,000 plus students that are in our district, uh, 1,000 or so of them go to a charter school. Um, should there be other charter schools for the 5,000 plus to go to? Uh, do we need a moratorium on that? Which is the question in Oakland and nationally for the state. For the state, we're not, I don't think that, we, that I'm in a position to endorse a moratorium on the state because every community is different. The whole concept of charter schools is to have innovative, innovative options. My concern with charter schools is oversight, sharing those best practices, which I haven't seen uh, to the extent that they were touted when it was um, in full force. Um, so I want more oversight of schools. I want to make sure that the ones that are, that are good are functioning, the ones that are bad, uh, we figure out how to fix them or close them down. Um, they're set up to be a choice, an option, an innovative solution, not the end all be all. So I'm not against uh, uh, carte blanche prohibition of eliminating charter schools. Thank you. Please give us your opinion on that. 
cultural, social aspect of that community. It, it means so much to the people around it. There are people who have gone to schools in West Hollywood and some of these schools for, for generations. And then they're looking at school closures, like we're going to move the school over there, we're going to open up a charter here, we're going to move the school, we're going to lease it out to a charter school for 40 years, a 40 year lease. And it's, it, I think it's just, a, it's, it's just such a cultural blow to the community when you do that. Now, we see that the school, this is only happening in certain areas in Oakland. You do not see this, uh, this type of thing happening on the other side of the 5A freeway. We have some great schools there. And getting back to a point that I made earlier, one of the major challenges that we have in this district is economic segregation of our schools. And we have to have people get it. They know that, uh, people know that it's, it's good for their kids. Thank you very much. Ms. Hinton Hodge will start the next question. The question is, what do you think of the partnership between OUSD and the Oakland Public Library? Is it effective? What would you add or change? Uh, um, the um, most striking example of um, OUSD and the Oakland Public Library is on the April Woodland campus. I don't know if people have seen that. That's below the 580. That's in that's struggling and really hard, but those families believe they're leaving and they believe in education. Some of them are probably not even documented. And so that has been an amazing partnership um, that we, we've had. Um, I'm sorry, I'm from the West. Uh, it's like 81st, I think. So that's powerful. Um, we have an amazing uh, West Oakland Library here. Remember when Prescott, that was always a walking um, field trip. Um, there was a librarian that always showed up at the schools and did a lot of reading. I would, I would say that if we can do more, I think that there's a very strong partnership that we can develop around Oakland um, public schools, librarian, uh, collaborators just there. They're helping us retool our libraries to become um, ready for the 21st century with our students. Thank you. I've worked with the USDA for the past four years uh, in the Nutrition Service uh, Department. And I've worked with libraries across the state, across the West Coast, to ensure that libraries are uh, helping communities and helping students service summer food sites, um, providing education on you name it, like after school programs and the like. So I believe in partnerships between libraries and schools, libraries and communities. I'm not entirely familiar with the relationship between uh, Oakland Unified and, and school, um, but I believe that partnerships with the libraries are important, as do I believe partnerships with, uh, with the city and with businesses are important, because uh, you mentioned cultural blows, which I'm going to talk for, for many seconds I have. Uh, it's a cultural blow that we don't have a great supermarket on this side of the highway. Uh, that's a cultural blow that, that's, that's equal to anything else speaking about equity for students and families. <coughs> You know, we have a we have a great system of public libraries here in Oakland. I've had my library for many years here. I love the downtown library. I love the one up over uh, by the lake there, and I go to it frequently. There's uh, one of the problems we have in libraries is the open public schools is that many of our schools the libraries have been shut down uh, for lack of funding. 
some of the schools that have their parent clubs that, that come together and they can fund them and, and hire a librarian and, and stock it with books and set up computer databases and everything. I would love, love to see uh, the open public library system more integrated with OUSD, for example, taking the Follett Library uh, database system and integrating that with the school system where the kids could check in their classroom or in their computer lab or in their school library see if the book is available for their local library. Uh, we've got the friends of the uh, local public schools libraries who are doing a fantastic job in working in this direction, but um, yeah, I think we're doing very good in that area. Thanks. Thank you, Mr. Ladies and gentlemen, 
that is inherently undemocratic. They should, they should not be buying it. Take a look at the records. It's out there. It's all over the internet. People are block by block. People are posting this information. Parents United. Uh, there are tens of thousands, in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars being pumped into local school board elections, and it's primarily for the proliferation of charter schools. If I just sit on the board and rubber stamp every damn charter school that comes in front of me, I get to be elected.
being told that the messaging is, oh, I'm physical because it's better, when actually people don't, they're not even um, aware of all of the information that's happening with the people that are in school. So I just want to remind for every high schooler graduates with, it's the only high school in Oakland, that every high schooler graduates with um, um, a scholarship. The only one, but people don't know that. People don't know that we have students that go to Cal and Stanford. They don't know that. Yeah, we um, provided choice um, for families. Um, so we have approximately like 600 kids that are you know, high school age and they leave because of this misnomer, right? That they can't be educated at the time. But this year, 450 students, I believe, are there. Um, and we know that um, more African-American males graduate from there than adults. So um, we had to do something about access schools and clubs. So we have a really horrible enrollment system. I get at least five phone calls every year. Um, at a certain time, there's a parent that wants me to figure out how to transaction and get their child into the better school, typically outside of daycare. Um, the the um, problem in this conversation is the fact that we're talking about parents having a choice for the charter schools as well as traditional public schools. So the moment you throw that into the conversation, and we haven't had this deeper conversation about choice, and we haven't had black and brown parents at the table talking about choice, it gets to be pretty complicated and pretty divisive. So I think we'll continue to be at the drawing board to talk. Mr. Green. Transplant here. I see it as kind of a ploy to um, to support 
proliferate charter schools in the district. And I'm glad that they, they finally got to their senses and they shelved this thing. Uh, we do need some kind of enrollment reform, uh, reform but not time
and I could see what it did to these students. When these students get over there and they're staying with the Japanese family and they start learning that language and they're so excited about it, you cannot stop them. And we just need to have that. We can do all kinds of student exchange programs and have that way in the
that, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot afford it. The classroom is what matters. And I would think for much more local control for the principal. The principals are our fire pilots out there. They are the people that know what's best for their schools and they are in touch with the communities. Let's give the principals more uh, site-based budgeting and control of the, uh, the money. Thank you. 
that every classroom has at least one integration specialist in it, right? That it's not a decision that the school side council has to decide um, do we support this or not, or the district can say this is this is something that is so important that we want to make sure that we are arming every classroom with resources to grow the skills of those students um, so that we can actually begin to to um, close the the um, achievement gap. And with that, I think the other piece that's really really important is having universal pre-K. Our young people, our families, it, it is it's crucial. We are one strengthen families and strengthen students. We have to get them, we have to make sure that everybody starts off um, on the right foot and what that they need to they need to start reading. Young people in urban areas have less than 25 hours of one-on-one time with books by the time they get to kindergarten. And I said before kindergarten is not mandatory. So if you're starting off at such a great deficit, how do you catch up? So it, we have to be creative, we have to be allocate funds, and we have to make sure that rooms, classrooms have everything that they need, teachers have everything that they need, including other people, to help grow our young skills. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Um, when I first went into this campaign, I, um, I think I was a little, perhaps a little naive, certainly mistaken, because I, I kind of looked at it like a job interview. And I went up, I, qualifications and I, I, I went to school for a long time, I was a teacher for a long time, I was an administrator, I, you know, I studied, I've done my homework, I worked hard, I've been a community member, I've been in District 3 for 42 years. Of course you need to vote for me because I would be a great educational leader. But the more I talk to people and the more I go to events like this, the more I'm starting to realize it's, it's, it's not about that, it's about how I'm going to vote. When it comes to when I'm on the board, what, what am I going to vote for? What am I going to vote against? And I think that uh, through knocking on 1,240 doors in the last six weeks <laughs> is, and the conversations that I've had with people, I think it's become very clear in my mind what's happening in the city. And people, the, the parents out there, they, they don't even have to be parents. They're you know, people that are just concerned with community members. They are very aware of what's happening. They're very concerned. They've got some feedback, and God bless them, because they made, uh, they clarified a lot of things in my mind. I've done a lot of research and a lot of study. Um, I would be honored and privileged if I could be your District 3 school board member. It would be a lot to me. I think I would be a good job. I'm not in this as a politician. I'm into it as a professional educator and a concerned community member. I'm not going to make a career out of it. It's four years.
I met, I was at a coffee shop this morning, and I met a conductor for BART, and he, I asked him about running, and he said, you know, you're in for a challenge. There are a lot of parents that um, had their, their kids when they were teenagers, and not sure how to be parents yet, drinking with their kids and the like. You've got a hard job. I don't know how true that is and how reflective that is in the cross-section cross of, of folks in District 3. But I know that we need someone that's got a different perspective. No, um, I want to bring that different perspective, that legal analysis, that experience on Wall Street, to give our kids an opportunity to partner with corporations to have a better opportunity.
Ours is the large, largest league chapter in the state of California because of all the people who feel that this is important work. We'd like you to join us and talk to any of the people here this evening with the league uh, buttons on. I also want to make sure that we thank, uh, in addition to the, the league doing this, PBON and Hunter Black Women for hosting us this evening. Please give a all of them. Thank you. Thank you. 